welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran, Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. And this is Bill Miller, Senior Member Executive at the PA Chamber. Our guest today is Sarah Alexak, Manager of Transportation Electrification for Duquesne Light. We had a great conversation with Sarah today about the future of electric vehicles. You know, Duquesne Light is doing some amazing things, providing information not only to their business customers, but to consumers in general. they got a great new website where consumers can go to learn about different electric vehicles and incentives. And Duquesne Light is really leading the way. I think our listeners are going to learn a lot about both electric vehicles and um, how they can get more information about their options. Yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, I know I learned a lot. Our sponsor today is Highmark Health. Highmark Health employs more than 35,000 people who serve millions of Americans across the country. It is the parent company of Highmark Inc., Allegheny Health Network, and HM Health Solutions. Highmark Inc. and its subsidiaries and affiliates provide health insurance to more than 5.6 million members in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Delaware, as well as dental insurance and related health products through a national network of diversified businesses. Allegheny Health Network is an integrated delivery network comprised of 13 hospitals, more than 2,500 affiliated physicians, ambulatory surgery centers, an employed physician organization, home and community-based health services, a research institute, a group purchasing organization, and health and wellness pavilions in Western Pennsylvania. HM Health Solutions is focused on meeting the information technology platform and other business needs of the Highmark Health Enterprise, as well as unaffiliated health insurance plans by providing proven business resources, expert knowledge, and integrated cloud-based platforms. To learn more, visit highmarkhealth.org. And with no further ado, here's our conversation today with Sarah Alexak. Sarah, so Duquesne Light recently unveiled a, a great new website with information for both businesses and consumers about electric vehicles. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the site and, and what are the goals? Yeah, so, you know, our customers are used to using electricity to power their homes and their businesses, but using it to power their vehicles is a totally new frontier. So when we were working on this website, we divided it into kind of two key sections. One is content that supports our business customers, like information on incentives about installing charging stations or tips for doing that, you know, installing charging stations, as well as content that's geared towards our residential customers. So for the content that's for our residential customers, we have an EV guide portion of the site, and that helps our customers evaluate the 46 some electric vehicle models that are available today in our service territory. I had no idea there were actually 46 vehicles already that that offered electric charging. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, you know, with the different commitments that automakers have been making over the last four, you know, few years, um, more and more vehicles are being sold. And um, yeah, just right here in our service territory it's kind of hard to keep up with them. So, you know, this tool, the EV guide tool, one of the great things about it is that it helps our customers see how these different vehicle models stack up against comparable gas engine models, how much time and money that they can save on fueling their vehicle uh, with electricity instead of gas. 
So why is Duquesne Light so passionate about this? Why is, why is the organization promoting electric vehicles? Yeah, so I think really at its base, EVs truly have many benefits. And we want to support those benefits growth in our community. They support the efficient use of our electricity grid. They provide a lower cost of ownership, as I mentioned, compared to gas vehicles, because the cost of electricity is so much less than gasoline. They also contribute to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. A vehicle fueling up off of our grid here in Pennsylvania has one-third the greenhouse gas emissions of a comparable gasoline vehicle. It can also impact um, improved air quality. So that's something in particular that's valuable for the medium and heavy-duty market. And they also can contribute to the local economy. Um, you know, dollars invested in developing charging infrastructure, it goes right back into our community. And here in the Pittsburgh region, there's a lot of different companies participating in the EV supply chain. So that's really amazing as well when you look at um, the different uh, uh, activity happening there. So, um, you know, you asked why, why is Duquesne Light working to promote EVs? And, you know, these are all these benefits. But we also really think that there's a need and a benefit for utility planning and investment in the EV space. So we want to engage with our customers to understand their evolving needs. And we also want to stay apprised of the impact that EVs are having on the grid here. Well, I know Duquesne Light's been doing this for a few years now. This isn't, you know, 100% new for the organization. What's been accomplished that, that folks may not realize over the past couple of years in terms of the EV infrastructure in the area? Yeah, and we've seen a lot of growth um, just in the past few years here. Um, it really has evolved pretty rapidly. Um, in 2019, for example, we partnered uh, with nine of our business customers to uh, undertake a charging station project in the city of Pittsburgh. And across these nine sites, we worked with our customers to install nearly 100 new charging station ports. And all of those charging stations are installed in locations that are publicly available. So that really significantly impacted the availability of charging here locally. Um, another you know, amazing accomplishment uh, that the Port Authority of Allegheny County has made is they've launched their first two all-electric buses. Um, those buses launched about one year ago, and at Duquesne Light, we were really uh, happy to partner with them on that project because um, we uh, supported the building and uh, the provision of the charging infrastructure um, at their East Liberty garage for those first two buses. So it's been an incredible public-private partnership to see those first two buses launch. Wow, that's amazing. And, and just, you know, a hundred charging stations. I mean, that you know, I know a lot of people get concerned about whether or not they're going to be able to charge their their EVs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you look at uh, the top barriers for for consumers and why they may be afraid to consider buying an electric vehicle, the top three reasons most commonly given, at least by our customers when we survey them, is related to charging. First, they don't see or they're not aware of public charging station availability. Secondly, 
they have a concern and a lack of knowledge about how far they can drive an electric vehicle without charging it up. And lastly, you know, they, they hear and they might learn that, that a lot, that most charging happens at home overnight, which it does, but they might say, I don't have a place to plug in at home. I don't have a place to charge. So all of these charging related concerns are directly related to things that we can help them with at Duquesne Light. You know, if you think about it at Duquesne Light, we don't sell the car. We're not selling a charging station, but we are selling and providing the fuel. So we do really see a direct role for ourselves in helping our customers as they transition to electric fuel for their vehicles. So basically the, the biggest concerns center around whether or not they're going to be on the side of the road with yeah. no anymore. So that's, that's the number one issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's an understandable concern. Um, all of their lives from, you know, the time that they were young with their parents in the car, you know, they know what it's like to go to the gas station and fuel up at the pump. And, you know, I love hearing people who drive electric vehicles today. They say exactly the opposite. I love the fact that my child doesn't know what it's like to go to a gas station, right? They know that when we get home, we pull in the garage and we plug the vehicle in. They don't have that same experience. So that's pretty cool. But, but if we don't go to gas stations, where am I going to get all my unhealthy snacks? <laughs> I have a feeling that you'll find a way. Snap <laughs> <laughs> or die. So you've, you've not only researched potential buyers of electric vehicles, but you've spent some time researching existing mm -hmm. customers and what their experiences have been. What, what, what are they telling you? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I have to tell you, EV drivers are a really fun bunch of people. They are really enthusiastic. They love to tell you about their electric vehicle. They love to provide feedback. Um, you know, we recently did a survey uh, with our market research firm and we reached out to our EV driving customers and they came back to us and they said, the response rate was unprecedented. <laughs> and I said, yep, that sounds like our EV drivers. Um, and if any of them are listening into this podcast, I'm sure they would say the same. Um, you know, so some of the things that they're telling us is, you know, we ask them, why did they buy an electric vehicle? Why did they choose to have an electric vehicle? And I, I love their responses, you know, and I, to recap a few of the main ones that we get is one, they'll say, I want to be part of the next step. They used words like advanced, improved, better technology, and they truly see it and they mean it and they want to be part of that early adopter. Um, they, they take on that early adopter role and they enjoy that. Um, they also commonly cite that it's just a better performing vehicle. You'll hear the discussion about the instant torque and what it feels like to, you know, hit that pedal, not the gas pedal, but here, you know, hit that pedal in just zoom. They'll say it's fun to drive. One EV driver told me that, uh, 
you know, they had to take after driving their EV for many months, they had to take their spouse's gas engine vehicle, um, you know, on a short trip. And they said it was like riding, driving a riding lawnmower. It was night and day, the experience to go back to a gas vehicle. So again, it's about that better performance. They also talk about the lower fuel costs and how convenient it is to fuel their vehicle. And they'll also talk about the reduced maintenance. If you have an all electric vehicle, you don't need to change the oil literally ever again. There is no oil to change. Um, so those types of things that cut down on maintenance costs and time are really valuable. And they do care also that they're contributing to sustainability. Um, you know, they do care about reduced greenhouse gas emissions. And many early EV adopters either have solar on their roofs or they, you know, have a solar renewable energy supply. Um, so those are things that we see commonly linked in their purchase decisions. So, yeah, EV drivers love talking about their EVs. We love talking to them. And it's really important that that conversation goes both ways with Duquesne Light because we want to learn more about what their evolving needs are. Now, you know, half of this also is what Duquesne Light is doing on the commercial side. With, with employers and with other, you know, civic organizations, government, et cetera. You know, what are you seeing happening on that end in terms of um, promoting electric vehicles and making it easier for consumers with electric vehicles? Yeah. You know, with our commercial customers, it's, it's really interesting. There's just not a one-size-fits-all approach um, when it comes to EV charging, in, among our commercial customers, you know, they have to think about things like how much charging do I need? Um, where do I want to install the charging? Uh, what level of charging? You know, there's different levels of charging. And then how do I manage it? These are all factors that come back to use case. Are they installing charging stations? For example, um, you know, maybe it's an employer. And they're looking at amplifying their company's sustainability efforts. But they're also looking at attracting and retaining top talent. You know, those are things that um, many employers are starting to realize and say, this is something that I need to consider. Alternatively, a small business that's located right off of the interstate might say, I want to install a high-powered DC fast charger at my business to attract travelers that are passing by. So there are different types of use cases and needs. And, you know, I think that that's something to be said for, you know, again, Duquesne Light's role here is we see, um, you know, being a trusted advisor on sharing best practices. Um, and I'd say that another thing here too, is that we're choosing to, to consciously to lead by example. Um, last year, uh, we completed the installation of 50 charging stations at Duquesne Light Properties um, for our own fleet and employee vehicles. You know, how can we help our customers if we're not doing this ourselves? And in that process, we developed an employee charging policy and we set fleet electrification goals with our fleet group. Um, so those are the types of things that, that we're doing because we have to really learn by doing ourselves. 
That makes a lot of sense. And, and, and you're able to show the perspective commercial customers, what you're doing already, and that you've got the experience with your own employees and your own fleet mm-hmm. as well. What are some of the other organizations that you've been partnering with and working with to uh, uh, advance this? Yeah. You know, when we think about our role in facilitating and supporting the EV market here in the Pittsburgh region, there's a lot of other players. First, charging station vendors. Um, That's been a really important uh, uh, part of the puzzle here. Um, because they have really a huge role in educating our customers about charging stations and their products. Um, so uh, there, there are quite a few vendors that are active locally. So yeah, again, very important role there. Another really important local player is our local automotive dealerships. Um, last year, uh, actually it's been, I think almost two years now, we kicked off a partnership with number one Cochrane, which is a, a very large, um, local automotive dealership. And, um, through that partnership, uh, we offered an EV purchase incentive to number one Cochrane customers. And that was a really excellent opportunity for us to better understand the needs and challenges um, associated with the local automotive uh, market here. Um, so that was that was a great opportunity. Um, another really important stakeholder is our local municipalities. Um, they have a huge role in establishing policy that can accelerate and support the local EV market. The city of Pittsburgh, for example, um, stood up an EV task force and um, has produced some documents and um, reports in this space. Um, one that they have coming soon to, to tease it, <laughs> I guess, is a public charging station strategy. You know, they know there's a need for more charging station in the city of Pittsburgh. And what's it going to take to make that happen? That makes sense. So what's What's on the horizon? What's next? Um, I know that, uh, you know, we we hope that more and more folks are adopting uh, EVs. Um, more and more charging stations are going to be going up. What else does Duquesne Light have on the horizon as part of this effort? Yeah, well, a new pilot that, um, that we're kicking off this year is a fleet advisory service. And we're hoping to partner with five customers who have um, fleets to do a fleet assessment. So looking across all of their fleet vehicles, which ones are the best fits for conversion to electric vehicles? Um, What's the total cost of ownership and payback period for that investment? Um, How much charging infrastructure do they need to support those fleets and where does it need to be installed? Also, what incentives or grants are available because there's a lot (laughs) and how might those apply and how do they go after them? So that's an exercise that we are really interested in undertaking to better understand our customers' fleet-related needs. So yeah, kicking that off this year, that's one new exciting area for sure. And I think you had talked also about uh, potentially flexible pricing or different pricing models for uh, consumers to be able to charge their vehicle overnight. Yep. Yeah. So what you're talking about is called an EV time of use rate. 
And um, we're really excited because we are going to be rolling this out to our customers in June. And what this does is it provides um, a variable rate uh, that has a certain rate related to peak, shoulder, and off-peak periods um, throughout the 24-hour cycle. And what this does is it provides a reduced rate of electricity um, between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m., for example. Um, And that is really a a great incentive to charge your EV overnight. And and that's during times when, when by doing it overnight, that it's going to be more efficient in charging or more um, environmentally friendly? What's the, what's the benefit to charging over, overnight? Yeah. So across our grid, the demand for electricity is lowest overnight. So if consumers shift their charging to night, and the truth is, is many of them, most of them already do charge overnight, um, this will just further incentivize and support that. Um, that can um, eliminate that uh, stress on the grid, the added stress on the grid during the day. Now, I want to clarify and be you know, perfectly clear that um, EVs are not stressing the grid during the day. It's just shifting it to the time when it really, truly will be the most beneficial. You know, you're, you're, you can tell how excited you are about this new technology and the next steps. How did you become involved mm-hmm. in electric vehicles yourself? Yeah, so uh, my first job out of college was at an automotive trade association, and I remember just being really excited to work with some of the big automakers. And um, I got to go to Japan and you know work with Toyota and Honda, and it was it was just very cool. I just I really was like you know into cars and I like cars, and I was really always involved in alternative fuels um, for vehicles. Um, and, you know, over time, uh, a lot of the investment uh, that was being made in research and development in the EV space was really starting to pay off. Um, and so it was kind of right place, right time. And uh, I shifted to work over at the U.S. Department of Energy Um, And a lot of investment at that time was being made during the Recovery Act for EV and battery battery manufacturing. So I kind of say that I I followed this technology readiness pipeline from R&D to manufacturing to real world deployment. And over the last 10 years or so, I guess more, it's been all about deployment. And it's always been the chicken and the egg with charging infrastructure. You know, we can have the best electric vehicles and the lowest cost batteries and, you know, so much advancement there. But if we don't have charging infrastructure, this isn't going to be successful. So, um, yeah, we I started working at the Department of Energy with a lot of utilities around the country who were starting to really take on this leadership role in charging infrastructure. And there's a ton of best practice sharing about you know, what works and what doesn't work as we, you know, make this huge transition. So, um, yeah, I started thinking more and more about wondering who's the electric, who's the, who's the electric utility in my hometown in Pittsburgh. And I wonder if they're doing anything with easy. 
And again, it was another right place, right time. And uh, it's been three years now since I've been working at Duquesne Light on EVs. And it's been a lot of fun here. It's a really great community to be part of. Well, we're excited about it as well here at the Chamber. And we just thank Duquesne Light for their continued participation and membership in the Chamber. We love working with you guys. And, you know, we're excited about uh, initiatives like this, seeing seeing our members take the next steps in, in what is the future. Yeah, definitely. It's so much about leadership from the private sector here, whether it's installing charging stations for your employees um, or your tenants in your property or incorporating EVs into your fleet. There's a lot of opportunity and uh, we're really excited to, to help all of our um, businesses in the, in the uh, Pittsburgh region, at least, uh, take advantage of this transition. That's great. Well, thanks again for joining us. And um, we appreciate everything that Duquesne Light is doing. Thank you. Yeah, great talking to you. Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time. This program is produced by the Pennsylvania Chamber in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, USA. Copyright 2021.